Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Impact Podcast. Um, I'm your host, LBJ. Um, I'm excited, extremely excited to introduce my guest um, for this episode, Yves Perez. Uh, Yves is a recipient of the NAACP PowerShift grant. He is a member of Forbes The Culture. Um, he is building his tech stars, venture-backed, minority-owned and run, um, black-owned tech company, B2B SaaS company in Tulsa, Oklahoma, just blocks away from uh, from Black Wall Street. Thank you so much for hopping on the episode and hopping on the podcast, you guys. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. So I I, I saw you reaching out, um, or posting in Forbes of Culture, and I was like, I got to talk to this dude. I got to have him on the podcast. Um, so I'm extremely grateful for that. But um, before we get into work BNB, because uh, I, I have a ton of questions on that, I want to hear yes. about your background, um, hear a bit about your journey um, so that you know. Um, listeners of the podcast are um, aspiring entrepreneurs and especially aspiring mm -hmm. black and brown entrepreneurs. Um, so, yeah, I want to hear a bit about your, your journey. And uh, my first question, you know, kind of where are you from? Um, did you do anything entrepreneurial as a kid? What was childhood growing like? Grow, what was growing up like for you? So, yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. Uh, I grew up in Sacramento, California, which is the state capital of California. Yeah. And California has a really like complicated like history, but also it's it's going to have a complicated future. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's very segmented from the rest of the country. So what I mean by segmented is we don't know a lot about black culture throughout the United States in Sacramento. Like we only know okay, about yeah. our own regional culture. So uh even though I grew up in a very large uh, black family, and I'm half black, half Mexican, by the way, Blacksican, as I like to call okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my family originates from the East Coast, uh, uh, Camden, New Jersey, okay. uh, all the way down to South Carolina. Uh, but um, uh, my family migrated to California. That, that, that side of the family migrated. Now, okay. my Mexican side of my family are what are called Californios. So what it means is that they originate from Central California. They did not like cross the border. <laughs> it's once the country, uh, you know, took the land from Mexico, as we wow. all know, right? Like yeah. they were just naturalized as citizens. Wow. So so uh, that's kind of like my family dynamics. But yeah. as far as entrepreneurialism go, yo, like my grandparents and great grandparents were all entrepreneurs, you know, I mean, there's yeah. some of us that have that legacy, where they were either seamstress or, you know, in my case, my, my grandfather was, a uh, uh, was into uh, dental work, he would make okay, yeah. adventures and, you know, fake teeth for people. Uh, but my grandmother uh, moved the family to Sacramento for a new start. And under like getting grants, she actually uh, founded her own uh, uh, school for disabled children oh, wow. and That's an amazing. entire uh, uh, nonprofit system for it. So, so she had like housing, she was in yeah. housing then, and she was acquiring homes through grants to house these disabled children. Wow. And uh, my grandmother was so entrepreneurial she even opened up a pizza parlor and i'm talking like <laughs> it was called mrs t's organic pizza she was making organic pizza in the 80s like eating wheat Wait, crust so, yeah yeah that's she awesome was, she was juicing in the 80s she was growing food in her backyard that's like lit. i mean 
I, I come from like this, 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 this family of like yeah. entrepreneurs. So uh, it in, inspired a lot of other family wow. members to get into real estate. Yeah. So, so I have that, 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 that rich there. culture, but, but, you know, again, like, even though all that cool stuff was going on, I never knew about HBCUs. I didn't wow. know about yeah. Black Wall Street. Yeah. I didn't know about Juneteenth. Like I found yeah. all these other things out in when I'm like in my thirties. So, wow. so, you know, the West coast, even though we have a lot of things going on, we are still very segmented from the, the entire black experience and black culture of the rest yeah. of the country. So, so, you know, I I've had quite the journey this, like my journey is like incredible right now. <laughs> that's amazing. That that's amazing. Wow. So you're growing up in, in Sacramento, what, um, you know, did you ever think you'd be a tech entrepreneur as you were growing up? Absolutely not. I mean, this was like the <laughs> farthest thing because I mean, if you think about it, uh, yeah. when, when you have people that you aspire to be like, or, or, or you want to fall in the footsteps, yeah, you only think about going as far as they have gone, which mm -hmm. in a lot of black families, that's real estate ownership, right? Yeah. Or, or maybe, or maybe owning, uh, uh, a, a restaurant or a, a business like this or that, right? Like yeah. tech just seems like so foreign <laughs> and distant and you don't have a relative that started a tech found, you know, it yeah. started a tech company. You may have a relative that works at a tech company, yeah. but founding and working are just, you know, totally <laughs> polar opposites, right? Entirely I mean, different things. The natural order. So, so, uh, so I never had any ambitions of being a tech founder, but yeah. once I kind of found it, yo, it's been the best decision of my life. That's awesome. We're, we're going to get into, into that in just a second. So, um, as I, I heard a bit about your background and how, um, your mom was in, I think you said Reno, Nevada. Um, right. and she was, she called you down there to help her scale, um, her, her short-term rental business. Right. Right. Yep. I want to hear that from your perspective, but before we jump into that, what were you doing before then? So, so I was just like, I was screwing up my life. I mean, I, <laughs> I was, I was just not making any sense of my life, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I will freely admit this. A lot of people don't know this about me, but, mm -hmm. um, uh, I uh, was a rebel in high school. Yeah, uh, I was very smart, but I wasn't challenged enough. And yeah. and when when my teachers were getting on my nerves, like I really was like rebelling. And it got to a <laughs> point where I decided to drop out of high school. Wow. With only three credits to graduate. What? And yeah, like like to me, graduating was not yeah as important as like me being challenged yeah. to graduate at a higher level. Like I, I was just very gifted, very smart, but again, I wasn't challenged. And um, now looking back, I was like, man, I should have gotten into more programs. I should have, I should have done things that, but again, that's just part of my journey. Uh, yeah. And then uh, once I got out of high school, I, I refused to go and get my GED. Like, I mean, like yeah. as like a statement, like, <laughs> no, like I'm not, I'm going to make it without it. Right. And then when I read this book about uh, the millionaire mindset that the, there was like this uh, survey of like the, what, what's the book? numbers of uh, the millionaire mindset. Oh, 
it was a million. Uh, okay. How yeah. how many they 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 pulled they did they did like a survey of how yeah. many active millionaires graduated from high school or college, and there was yeah. an overwhelming you know numbers that I think it was like seventy three percent that dropped out or had C's wow. or D's. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, I can make it. I <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like statistically, I can make it. Yeah. So so what I did was I just started to pursue passions. Now okay. there's a difference between a passion and a business though. Yeah. And I didn't, I think I couldn't distinguish the two. Like I was just pursuing all these things that I was just kind of interested in and I kept failing and failing and failing. But then I discovered a love for writing and marketing. And yeah. once I kind of got into that and I failed at that too. I mean, I, I, I had some wins and quite a few, some wins and quite a few losses. Yeah. Um, it eventually led me to do a campaign for a chef in San Diego. He was, he was failing himself and he was like, listen, I need a rebound. I need to get my name back up in the papers. I need to. And I said, listen, I would love to do the work for you. I will do it almost for free. You just got to pay me like a couple hundred bucks a week yeah. and feed me since he was a chef. <laughs> and and we were doing these things called pop-up dinners. I don't know if you ever heard of that before. No, I haven't. It's it's where a chef is trying to prove himself in the food scene. So what he does is he pops up at different restaurants on their off night. So like let's say a Monday night or a Sunday night is slow. Yeah. He would that chef, he or she would take over that restaurant and do their own menu. But it was a foodie menu, which means it's usually like five to seven courses but you don't know what you're going to get until you show up. And people who are food adventurous, they love this type of thing. They're willing to pay 60 to $80 a ticket to go. I'm like, let me know where so, the first one is in Chicago. Like, <laughs> Right, right. Look up pop-up dinners. I mean, these yeah. things do happen. So uh, I, I managed his, his campaign, and we ended up winning best advertising campaign of the year in San Diego. Oh, wow. So yeah, like, he it was, was like paying, right away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was only paying me like a hundred bucks a week. So, so we built That's out. Awesome. We we beat we beat out Hilton hotels. We yeah. beat out like the car dealers that were running all what? these ads. Yeah, I mean, like this little like low budget. You know, I mean, again, I was like a nobody. He was somebody, but he yeah. took a risk on me, and then that's where I got it on and popping. So, so once I I started to hit success there. I yeah. was able to get hired by Chevrolet. I got to help launch the Chevy Volt in San Diego County. I okay. got to work with Solar City and I got to make a name for myself. But yeah. I was an independent though. Okay. I wasn't and I wasn't in a shop yet. I didn't have a shop. I didn't have like a big team. I you know, like even though I had won, I had failed at the same time because yeah. I was getting turned down by bigger clients who were like, listen, well, you don't have a shop, so why would I hire you? Yeah. So so even though I was a winner, I was still a loser to them. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. But then that's when my mom called. Like out of the yeah. sky, she called. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tell us about that story. Yeah. So, so my mom at the time was transitioning out of her career. She had been in the mortgage business for a very long time. The mortgage collapsed 2008. Like we all remember it. Like it was yeah. like a horrible thing. She got laid off and then she got wow. rehired into some other jobs that were not of to her caliber, her skill. Yeah. Um, uh, 
Uh, and what, what year is this she, that she called you, by the way? So, so she called me in 2019. 2019, but, okay. But in 20, like 15, 2016, she blew out both of her hands, double carpal tunnel. Oh, wow. And she had to go through surgery. And then yeah. she got a, a, a disability, awarded a disability. And with her disability money, she was yeah. like, okay, well, I don't want to just stay at home and watch daytime TV. I want to start some sort of a company. So what she did, what, what was popular at the time was starting up an Airbnb business. And that was, <laughs> pop, remember, that was like yeah. a popular thing to do. Oh, let me, let me get into this Airbnb thing. Right. So she became an Airbnb host in 2017 and uh, she had three rentals. And when she called me, it was like the craziest thing. So this is like early 2019. I, and you know, I, I'm kind of like supporting my mom from afar. I'm like, go mom with your Airbnbs, yeah. right? And you're still she doing marketing to, back home. In right. Sacramento. I'm doing marketing. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing marketing and yeah. I'm in the middle of campaigns. Like I'm doing, I'm like pitching to new clients. Yeah. So, so, so at that time, 2019, um, there was this thing going on. We call it the California exodus. Companies were leaving the Bay Area. The real estate market was just too out of control. People that were working at Google couldn't afford the real estate anymore. Like wow. it was just too much, yeah. you know? So, so companies were leaving in droves and they were going to three states. They were going to Nevada, Texas, and Florida. And yeah. Reno was the closest move for a lot of these small tech startups. Um, it was a four hour drive from the Bay area, but they also got yeah. to go up to Lake Tahoe. I don't know if you ever heard of Lake Tahoe. But yeah. I've beautiful. heard of it. Never been there. Yeah. Right. So if you, if you fly in to go to Lake Tahoe, you have to fly into Reno. Okay. And, and, uh, that was just like a really great selection for them. The cost of living was lower than the Bay area. Uh, so my mom was getting these bookings and they were longer than vacation stays. And okay. uh, one of the stays that were, were in one of her rentals was a team that was part of a relocation, a tech company relocating. And they were bragging to the CEO about how sweet and nice and how professional my mom was. They were like, <laughs> you have to hire this lady to help with our relocation. So, so she, unbeknownst to me, she went yeah. to a meeting and she guaranteed to this to the CEO that she could set up the housing for his employees, <laughs> which turned out to be housing 65 people. What? So she had to open up 23 apartments and the contract was, what? they had to be open in three weeks. So, so she, she signed the contract, she got paid and then she calls me up and she's like, Yves, <laughs> I bought you a plane ticket. You need to get your ass up here to help me open up these apartments. <laughs> and I was like, what? Bro. That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, I got a whole life here. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know she, what I mean? She made the deal so, and then called you and was like, hey, I need you to help me. Yeah, <laughs> I need you. Now, now the thing is, like, I had I had made some like some moves that didn't work out and that's how it is in business you you take yeah, some risks 100%. and they don't they don't always work out so i was actually at the time i was like in kind of like a bind yeah. and i was like already crawling my way out of it 
And I was like, well, this is an easier way than me crawling. Like I could just go <laughs> up there and just help her make some money real quick. And then right. I could come back and figure my life out. Yeah. So, so I go up there and I help her out with these apartments. Yo, the first day I land, it's snowing in Reno. And there's a truck that shows up with like 65 beds in the back of a big old semi <laughs> and i'm like yo like this is a mess like the movers are late every she's like telling me to coordinate stuff and yeah. i was like you know what i'm just gonna jump into my mom's business and and that's yeah. how it, that's how it happened yeah it was crazy that's amazing so during that is that when you got the the idea for work bnb no, actually, it so so. Uh, if do you do you listen to TED Talks? Yes, I love TED Talks. Yeah, I, I can't remember the name of the guy, but he talks about getting hunches. That when you get a hunch, that leads to another hunch, that leads to another hunch. Yeah, you're on to something. And what you have to do is okay. you have to pursue that. So I got a hunch that there was something going on because I was like, well, why would this one company pay my mom? Like, why would yeah. they like? So then I started to do research and the research led me to the next hunch that yeah. there was no corporate housing giant in Reno. It's a, it's considered a mid market. Okay. Yeah. So, so to them, it's not as popular as Chicago, let's say. Yep. Right. Yeah. So they were like, okay, well, there's no corporate housing. So either we're going to stay at a hotel, a motel, or an extended stay hotel, or yeah. there are these Airbnb vacation rentals. Well, if you've ever stayed in that extended stay hotel, they have nothing but like a little kitchenette that has like pots and pans that look like something yeah. from the Dollar Tree, <laughs> right. you know? But when you go to these Airbnbs, man, these things are nice now. Like 100%. they're like, yeah. Every time I travel, it's sweet. only Airbnb, yeah. Right, so yeah. now the, the only problem is that Airbnb is built for vacation travel or right. short-term travel, right? If you try to book something for six months and you're looking at, and you're, you're only going to see like a short amount of listings because their calendar is open right. for that period of time. And then they're charging you this absorbent nightly rate and Airbnb, for example, charges 14%, no matter how long you stay. So oh, wow. So, so if you stay for two nights or you stay for six months, they're charging you 14%. Right. So, so, so I, I was just getting these hunches. I was like, wait a minute, but going back to my mom's business, this is where I found the vein that became like the genesis of work BNB yeah. was that Airbnb does not tell you about the traveler at all it it barely gives a good name and a good address and a good phone number that's it yeah <laughs> you don't know why they went so so being a marketing guy my mom asked me she said can you do my marketing for my business and i was right. like oh okay fine all right so <laughs> I, I look into the data and the data wasn't telling me anything and i was like okay well I do have two years of previous booking history. So, and I have all their phone numbers. So yeah. I had to do it old school. Like I couldn't like index this thing. I had to call each and every person for months oh my. asking, why did you come to Reno? Yeah. And 
I started to create like From her past buckets. guests? Right, past guests for wow. two years. Yeah. And I just put them into a bucket. Okay, this one was for two weeks or longer. This one was for a month or longer. This one yeah. was two weeks or less. And each bucket, I asked, why did you come to Reno? And what I found out was that 65% of her bookings for the last two years were all workforce-related travel. Wow. They were traveling because their job required them to travel. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So once I kind of like found that out, I started to look up something that if you look it up in any market, yeah. if, you, if you Google the term workforce housing, there is this massive deficit that housing is not wow. being like allocated to workforce. That's so incredible. I was like, I was like, oh, okay. So now my, that's where my marketing brain comes in. You it's know like how like people- me listening to you, this is incredible. Like it's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You're seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so marketing people, we come up with like, we, we, you know, like how you name a movie or you name a podcast or you name yeah. a t-shirt line. I was like, I need to name this as something. <laughs> and, and what I did was I, I just took the natural, like vernacular that they were using workforce housing. Yeah. And over here we were using vacation rentals. And I was like, well, to get the two to talk, let's call them workforce rentals. And once I did that, yeah, the demand went off the chain, bro. Like we, we were, wow. we had companies calling us up like pizza. Can I get seven, three bedrooms and two, one bedrooms <laughs> for, for a year? Yeah. And I need it in, in like three weeks. And we we scaled her up to become the largest short-term rental operator in northern nevada what that is yeah. amazing yeah so when you change this name is this name change in airbnb is it kind of you doing so, seo so, outside so, of it or so i was struggling with my mom on this uh, you know this is a short part of the story i don't i don't talk about but i know <laughs> she's gonna listen to this anyway so so uh she named her company pkl homes uh yeah uh, her her name her first name was Pamela Loveless. My dad's name is Keith Loveless. And yeah. PKL, you know, they wanted some like legacy <laughs> thing. Yeah. And I was like, but that doesn't mean anything to anybody, you know, PKL home. <laughs> so so I was like, okay, well, the only way I can like again get this to index in Google is I need to get these keywords. So again, workforce yeah. rentals, that's what I named the product. You okay. can have workforce rentals by PKL homes. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. That's incredible. So yeah. you, you finally, you got the idea. Like, what was that first step? How did you begin to, to launch it? Well, so first we, what we did was we did a website for my mom. Yeah. And again, it's like the hunch leads to a hunch, right? Right. So now the media calls and they want to do a cover story <laughs> on us. So me and my mom, you know, I mean, here's the thing about Reno. It the 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 black population's one percent in Reno. Yeah. One percent. Yeah. I, um, I so so for for a a a black female business owner and her son to be on the cover of a business newspaper in Reno. Yeah. That was news in itself, <laughs> you know? Right. So but but again, it was like our story that we had discovered right. this thing 
And at the time that story was about to drop, uh, the local baseball team called us up and said, hey, we need you to house players and we need you to. And then we got another call from CEOs that were relocating. Hey, so we were doing bookings like crazy. That's incredible. And uh, it, it was just it was just a time where it was like going good during yeah. a very difficult time. At, at that time that that article dropped, COVID was hitting. Oh, wow. So you're and, still booking out during COVID. Well, so so this was the early days of COVID. Okay. This is when, okay. you know, it was kind of like in the news, but yeah. nothing had shut down yet. Okay. And then weeks later, the shutdown happened. But this was where where the genius part was. Since mm-hmm. we had already pivoted to workforce, yeah, those were the only travelers that governors were allowing to travel were essential wow. workers. So we remained ninety five percent occupied. That is month amazing. After month during COVID, where the vacation rental industry tanked. All the that is amazing. Airbnb land were canceled. Rentals were empty yeah. month after month. And people were struggling to pay their, their rents and their mortgages. We were busy. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah. when does this turn into, so I guess that's 2020, 2021. 20, when does this turn, in, turn into uh, work BNB, which I think the watched last year, booking right? Happened. Yeah, the okay. big booking happened. The, like, yeah. it was the mega <laughs> booking. It was like, yo, <laughs> it almost knocked my pants off, bro. I was like, oh my God. Okay, so so during COVID, yeah. It, and if you guys, if anybody who's listening remembers this, during COVID, yeah, out on the streets, it was like nothing was going on but construction. Yeah. All the everywhere projects were going on crazy. Yes. So in Reno, there was a freeway expansion project. There was this huge interchange section in the middle of town that yeah. was going under like an expansion of lanes. And um, this year was going to be, or that project was like the mega blockbuster project in town. Right. Now everybody was at home, so nobody cared, you know? So, um, so the company called us up and said, we need you to house like one person. And then they called back uh, a few weeks later, we need you to house 20 people. And then we need <laughs> you to house another five people. And I was just like, okay, like every time they called, I was like, what else do you need, boss? Like, what, what? And then they were like, they were, they were like, well, we have this, this really uh, complex employee. He's kind of a jerk. He's very demanding. He's the site supervisor. So he's going to be overseeing the project. <laughs> and this guy is super demanding. So, so I was like, okay, well, what does he need? And there's like, well, he needs a two bedroom condo. Uh, he needs a smoker because he likes to smoke meat. Yeah. He needs NFL <laughs> ticket because he likes to watch the games. Like, I'm just taking this down like a pizza order. I'm like, okay, what else, what else do you need? Everything and, is like if I'm like okay, I would like NFL ticket, but then when you add the smoker in there, it's like what? Yeah, like yeah, like he needs a covered parking spot. He needs his apartment <laughs> cleaned like every every two weeks. And I was just like, okay, let me just keep writing this down. And then we get to the budget. I'm like, okay, so what's the budget? The budget's two hundred dollars a night. And I'm like, okay, Farino, two hundred. I, I know the numbers. The, yeah. That's pretty good. 
Right. Like even even at like the height of summer season, two hundred dollars a night is pretty yeah. good. And I was like, okay, how long do you need it for? And they said, with a straight face, two and a half years. I said, oh, <laughs> uh, I I'm like scrambling to get the pen. Sign here. Right. <laughs> well, like, there's a hundred eighty thousand dollar booking. Now, if you know anybody That's on Airbnb, yo, Airbnb hosts will brag. Oh, bro, I just got a two thousand dollar booking. Yes. Oh, bro, I just got a five thousand. Bro, I just got an eight hundred, uh, a one hundred eighty thousand dollar booking, bro. Like I was like, what? Yo, and then and then and then it was like God touched my brain. Yeah, the hunch that led to the hunch that led to the other hunch was just like snowballing like this. My brain was like, oh my God. And I was thinking of this at scale all of a yeah. sudden. And then I, and then thank God, I didn't shut up and just take the money. I said, Seth, that was the, our contact, right. uh, the project executive. I said, how many states does Ames Construction operate? He said, we operate in 27 states. We're the 74th largest industrial DC in the United States. I was like, okay, so you're number 74. So there's 73 other companies that do yeah. what you do. He's like, actually, he goes, there's 922 that do what we do. Oh, my. And I was like, okay. I said, how many, how many uh, projects do you guys bid on per state per month? I'm just trying to see if he gives me yeah. like a juicy answer. He's like, well, we bid on 25 projects per state per month on average. I said, how many of those do you net? He said, we net a quarter of that. And I said, so every time <laughs> you guys need housing like this? And he's like, we don't do small things. We do roads, bridges, highways, dams, wow. railroads. Like we are industrial general contractors. Yeah. And I said, oh okay so then i was just like well i'm thinking about it building an app okay i don't know why like that was the first you thing said it to him right, yeah, right I said that to him. oh I said, wow i said but i will not do it unless you're the first customer you have to agree to be the first customer and he said yes and what it was on and popping from there <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm over here shocked because, like, I'm in sales. My wife is in sales. Like, it's like you, it's like it was just so natural for you to, like, just grab it on and, and like, find the opportunity to seize it in that moment. That's amazing. Mm. So, you immediately you get the idea for the app. Immediately, like, you're like, this is, this is what, like, this is what I'm doing. This is what's happening next. What was your first step? Oh man, the first step was uh, acknowledging that I don't know shit about tech. That was the first step. <laughs> so I mean, honestly, you have like, any background in like coding? No, anything? nothing. Like, <laughs> like I'm a I'm a user, bro. Like I'm an app <laughs> user, and that is it. That's all I know about apps is how to turn one on, how to put my name and my credit yeah. card in, and buy. <laughs> so, 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 but. Um, that I have a, I have a gift of researching. Right. Um, 
it's it's been a gift that I've had, you know, all the way down to just being like a little kid. Like yeah. I used to research about ancient Egyptian culture. I was obsessed. And when you have a healthy obsession, you always like want to ask more questions to lead to more answers and all yeah. that type of stuff. So I naturally wanted to get a little obsessed about this. Like I I, I just started to like ask questions and i started to just read and research but uh being in business you know you 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 typically kind of gravitate to also like certain leaders in tech right. or or certain leaders in business steve jobs was one of those for me yeah um you know think differently because remember right. i'm in marketing right right so i was like think differently and 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 his think differently mentality was already engraved in my yeah in my my ethos of Yves as the marketer already right. so so once i kind of like took the the marketing uh muscle and put it behind into more research yeah here's what i found out i discovered something called a user journey yeah and that is where we found out that 90% of all the booking products have the wrong user journey for this client base. Okay. That this client base does not do the typical booking. The typical booking, and it doesn't matter whether it's a booking.com or uh, Orbitz or right. Kayak, Priceline, Airbnb, they all have the same user journey, which is book for yourself. Even if you were to book like on uh, uh, booking.com, you wanted to come and stay at a hotel. Yeah. If if you booked it and it's for somebody else, when you get to that hotel, the hotel's like, yo, you need to put your credit card. Well, my friend booked it for me. No, you need yeah. to put your credit card, right? I just it's had this the, issue with a family member not too long ago. Right, yeah. right. In fact, if you tried to book an Airbnb for a family member coming to Chicago, you violated Airbnb's terms of services. What? They will not let you book for somebody else. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. So so in traveling workforce, the workers don't get to choose where they stay. Yeah. The company books for them. So I was like, okay, that's where the user journey is wrong. So then the think differently mentality came over me. And I was like, we may actually need to scrap the search bar. We may need yeah. to do this completely differently. And then once I got down that rabbit hole, yo, like my life has changed forever because now I'm really in tech. Yes, that's amazing. Like it's you. I was reading this book a while back. Um, it, it's called The Innovator's DNA. Um, and they talk about sometimes you need like that almost not beginner's mindset, but like someone who's not inside the space to come in to really allow it to be disruptive. And yeah. you're like, embodying that that's that's amazing so you're in tech stars um how did that happen from like you, you had the initial idea you know you're starting to figure out this user journey so first off congrats but Thank you know you. what what's that step there so uh that was actually probably the most special thing that's happened to me in this entire tech journey i wow. mean even more even more greater than just getting your first client because yeah um 
you know, we as black and brown founders are classically overlooked. And I, that was my that was my story in Reno. Yeah, I, I think had this. I had this client. Yeah. I had all this success. I had bookings behind. I had 250 corporate related bookings. Like I had wow. figured out this user journey and could replicate it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I just have to replicate it on an app. So I just need to get there. So I went to the local tech ecosystem. I'm talking like uh, University of Nevada, Reno. Yeah. I went to the incubator programs. I went to the accelerator programs and they rejected us. They just didn't see any promise in us. They didn't. Wow. In fact, the entire time that I was building it uh, with my co-founder, Dajanique Staples, from from May 2001, when we founded the, uh, I'm sorry, April 2001, when we founded the yeah. company and we, we filed paperwork and, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. All the way into the winter, we only had three introductions made for us in Reno. That was it. Yeah. Like nobody wanted to say or spend any social capital on us and say, you know what, this might be the next big idea in travel tech. I That's think you unbelievable. should, I think you should. So, so no banks wanted to meet with us. No, uh, heads of, of departments. Yeah. No, no government official. I couldn't even meet with the, with anybody from city council. I couldn't meet with anybody from the mayor's office. There was just no interest. And the reason oh, was because wow. again, very small, a minority group. We're the only brown and black people in the room. Yep. And we also were not the hot flavor of the month. The hot flavor of the month at that time was blockchain. Yep. And I and I tell all my friends this: if I would have made a startup that made dog food on the blockchain, I would have been the hottest <laughs> startup in Reno. I would have had the, all the attention. <laughs> oh, just because you throw blockchain on something. Yeah. That's it. And because yeah. I didn't want to just throw blockchain on work B, &B you yeah. know, I was just like, not it. And yeah. uh, there was a local accelerator program that we signed up for. Again, we got skipped. We got passed. They didn't wow. like us. Um, so then we decided, you know what? Let's leave Reno. Let's go out into the wild. Yeah. And take our product to another market. And that's where we followed the data to Orlando. Okay. Orlando was one of the largest relocation markets. Uh, that's where I, you know, again, I got yeah. my experience with my mom doing relocation. I also was seeing that there was a lot of workforce travel, construction, engineering, architecture, uh, even uh, what do you call it? aerospace tech kind of tech. And yeah. I was like, okay, engineers traveling all over the place to go to these headquarters. So we went to Orlando and we started something called alpha testing. That's where you test out these, these theories of yours and you start to lay out like what your wireframes are going to be and okay. how the app is going to work Yeah, because you want to get early product market fit. That was one thing that I was learning from my research. The right. faster you can get product market fit, the more money you're going to make. Yeah. And uh, I said, okay, so let's go test it out in, in Orlando. And we were, we were getting activity. But one of the bookings that I got was from a tech company that was, I was friends with the founder on uh, Twitter. And yeah. he was sending me these tweets like, hey, I'm trying to find six-month housing in Orlando. 
it's almost impossible. I've checked like 52 websites and all the, and he's like, I can't find anything. Can you help me? And yeah. I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to help. We're, we're going to, we're already here. Like, let's, let's help you. So we got to working on his deal, but he went through tech stars for his tech company. And he okay. was like, Hey, you have really found something. I got to tell you because, yeah. um, he said, even when I went to the Techstars program in Atlanta, I couldn't find housing. I had to jump around three to four different Airbnbs in three months. And he said it was a nightmare. He was like, you figured out this longer term thing. Like, you really need to apply for Techstars. So <laughs> so now, now here's the thing. My attorney was trying to talk me out of it, though. He was like, bro. <laughs> You have sales, you have rep, you have <laughs> you have articles on you. You yeah. have <laughs> is the app already built now, or you're still like well, I was I was in bu building the demo app. Okay, yeah. So he was like, don't go, he's like, don't just go to tech stars because you want to go to tech stars, like have a reason yeah. why you want to go to tech stars. And that's where you know he challenged me to dive deep into my business and my weaknesses. And, yeah. and find out what I was weak in and where tech stars could help us. Okay. And, and, but the other thing, my, my marketing brain turned on, I said, if I go through tech stars, that means I could potentially house all the founders of tech stars in the future. <laughs> like all these tech companies traveling all over the world would be using work BNB. And, and they it. and they would and they would gladly book because I'm a tech stars alum. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just packing in future sales by saying yes. yes. So so from a sales perspective, I said yes. And then you know we found the mentors to figure out where we were. We weren't getting like good at, at building a business, and yeah. we applied. And I applied for two programs, and um the one i got picked up one was with trey baker and uh tulsa oklahoma and yes. for for the tulsa program it was a brand new program so it wow. you know there, there was no legacy of tech stars in that city yeah uh, so to be a part of an inaugural program is actually very special uh and it was industry agnostic so you know they weren't focused on just med yeah. tech or ed tech or clean tech they accepted a lot of different things, but when you know they asked us to to uh, to uh, move forward, it was the best feeling because it was validation from like real yeah. tech minded, right. scale focused like people. Yeah, and and when you get that first big pre-seed check, yo, that's like <laughs> the best feeling in the world because you're like, yeah. yo, somebody believes. That's incredible. So, yeah. with, to go back a second, when you were with, uh, when you were in Reno, reaching out to, like, let's say Reno Chamber of Commerce and the tech ecosystem there, were you looking for funding at that time, or, um, yeah, or no? Okay. Yeah. But I mean, here's the thing, and this is the other thing about being a black founder. Yeah. Um, when when you when you're getting into tech, yo, we don't know nothing about funding. We don't know yeah. nothing. Yep. And and unfortunately, and I, I'm probably the only 
the only founder that's willing to admit this unpopular opinion. Yeah. I don't get that excited when another black founder is screaming to the high heaven, I raised capital. Because mm -hmm. as, as exciting as that is to raise capital, my real question that comes in is, well, what was the terms? Yeah. Because if you signed away 40% yeah. of your company, yep. that wasn't a good deal. Yeah. And even uh, Mac McCleaver uh, from uh, 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 from Rare Breed uh, Ventures, he put out a tweet. Um, Mac the VC, Mac, what's up, Mac? Uh, <laughs> he put out a he put out a, a tweet. Pre-seed yeah. founders, stop selling forty percent of your company at the pre-seed stage. Crazy. And and that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, as black tech founders this is like the next frontier of creating black generational wealth to being Absolutely. able to pass these shares onto family members yeah so if you sell it cheap now yo that's yeah. a problem yeah so so now now a lot of people will make this argument well you know you sold six percent of your company to tech stars isn't that cheap well, Techstars actually gives me the ability to buy it back, though. So, yeah. so I can buy that 6% back. So yeah. they have a buyback um, a guarantee. So, so shout out to Techstars for yeah. saying, you know what? Like, yo, like if you want to buy it back, buy it back, you know? Yeah. But uh, if, if you're raising a million dollars at a, you know, and and uh, you know I was actually just talking to a, a, a angel investment group right now from Reno. Yeah. Okay. Wow, they came full they, circle. They, yeah, they they reached back out to us and you know I was like, tell me how much you're raising, blah blah blah. You know they they said, oh, your valuation is too high for us. Our sweet spot is three to six million. Oh, okay. That means you basically want me to sell forty percent of my company for your small check. No, thank that's you. Crazy. Yeah. And that's and crazy. and 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 that's the thing. I didn't yeah. know, I didn't have the knowledge until I went to Techstars. So wow. shout out to Techstars for shout out to Techstars. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Techstars for real. That's in, that's incredible. I, I don't really hear too many people talking about that side of, of it's a, the it's VC unpopular. Space. A lot of founders won't want to talk about it because again, yeah. sometimes they're building companies to exit quickly. Have you ever heard of that? Like I'm a hundred percent founder, five time yeah. founder. That means they 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 just like in fix and flip in real estate, they're building yep. a tech startup just to sell it. Okay. Yeah. That's that's their exit strategy. That's what they want to be known for. Yeah. They, they love the thrill of building zero to one and just flipping yeah. it. Okay, no problem. But I'm trying to take this thing IPO. I mean I'm trying, I'm trying to be at yes. the NASDAQ yes, stock sir. exchange <laughs> with work up on the yes, sir. Ticker. And my IPO is going nuts, and I'm on a private jet somewhere going to yes, the next sir. meeting. You know what I mean? <laughs> so let so. me know. I will be the first <laughs> to, to be buying an IPO. <laughs> right, right. So, 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 but, it, but again, you can't get there if you're selling all your company away. Yes, sir. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's been amazing. I, I want to respect your time. I know we're coming up on time. So, Final couple questions, you know. Real quick, I I'm cool on time. 
If you want right, to pop some extra stuff, I'm here for it. Okay, we can great. Do a little longer episode if you want. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. So my my next question then, um, you're recently engaged. Congrats. Yes, thank um, you. Your your co-founder is your fiance. That's amazing. Yes. Um, you know my my wife is my best friend. I'm assuming it's the same. Y'all started a company Absolutely. together. Absolutely. Um, you know that's an interesting dynamic. Like first off, like y'all are killing it. Like black power couple running a tech company like that's an incredible company like you you have the revenue you have the plan for future revenue as well you know, what's been your favorite part of scaling this company with your best friend oh man oh so there's a couple of things number yeah. one black women need to be in tech they need one to be million in tech. percent and yes, uh the the th this is a male dominated field by yeah. far and what what Dajanique has accepted as her role is she's number two in the company. So so I'm yeah. the CEO, she's president. Yes, sir. Anything happens to me, God forbid, yeah. whatever, the, the the company has a leader. And it's staying in the family. That's and and, yeah. and that's the thing is that uh she has a board seat, so she's on the board, and 50% of our board are women of color. So that's incredible. So so what what we are leaning towards or or leaning into be is the next generation of forward thinking tech companies where yeah every decision has a diverse lens at how we're looking at the company's growth how yep. we're we're analyzing analyzing every decision based on our values and we are also celebrating the fact that our product is being led by by black women. So so yes. So now now we're we're what's called non-technical founders. Non-technical founders means in just real sh short sweet language, we don't know how to code shit. Yeah. So <laughs> so so uh, so we hired an app development firm. But we made it a, a prerequisite that that firm was going to be either minority owned and or woman owned. And we oh, found that's copper, incredible. Yeah, we found copper and vine out of Washington, D.C. that's owned by a black woman named Rakia Finley. Shout out to Rakia. Oh, I love that. And so 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 Dodge internally is head of product and Rakia is our development. So the the app is being designed by black women, and again, wow. like I'm tapping into the Steve Jobs over here. Yeah. <laughs> when, when we when we when we finish our alpha test uh, this spring and we upload the first apps to the app store. Yeah. You know how like when you buy a, an iPhone product and it says proudly designed by in uh in California or you know what I mean? Yeah. We're gonna say this app is proud, proudly designed by Black women on the App Store. Oh, I love that! I yeah. love that. Yeah, that's and incredible. It, it's, it's because it's a commitment to Black women. I was raised yeah. by Black women. I, my matriarch and my family, my grandmother. This is an ode to Black women, and yes. we need that lens in business, you know. And I yes, also. Sir. I also learned from example, you, you look at Magic Johnson and his organization. It's led by women, right? Yes, sir. You know, it's just you see it work. 
and you go, why would I even think about changing it? Why? For some, you know, ego or whatever? No. So, so, uh, so, so that was like very intentional from day one. The other thing is, uh, we just have like this chemistry. Yeah, I'm I'm the I'm the extrovert. She's the introvert. I'm the, <laughs> the speaker. She's the think the deep thinker, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so so yin and yang. Right. And yeah, it balances out the leadership perspective because we also made it part of our our company and our DNA that we were yeah. going to be a board-led company. And a lot of tech founders don't talk about that because yeah. they they don't see the value in creating a board. A board yep. keeps you out of trouble. 100%. And, and, and one company that I saw that I that I said, I do not want WorkBnB to be anywhere associated with this kind of trouble was how Adam Newman led WeWork. Mm-hmm. He was leading the company like he was a king. And yeah. whatever I decide goes. And he ran the company practically in the ground. Yeah. And and just, you know, got kicked out of his own company. Yeah. It's because of this CEO-led mentality. And I was like, well, we're gonna be more founder-led. So so we are we as founders, we're making decisions as a board. Yeah. So we have active board meetings, we vote, then we act. I love that. That's that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So um we we talked a bit about Tulsa. It, that sounds like that was connected to Techstars. Is that Tulsa. correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me, Tulsa, like you all are building like down the street from Black Wall Street, which is like yeah. one a, a ton of like I was surprised a ton of Black people still don't know about the legacy of Black Wall Street. They don't. They um, don't. I did. I didn't. Honestly, I didn't yeah. know nothing. So so uh, yeah. Tell me about that. So so I didn't start looking into Tulsa until. I was accepted. Okay. And yeah. and I'm getting ready to go to Tulsa. Okay. I don't know nothing about Tulsa. <laughs> and uh and yeah. then and then I, I'm I'm hearing about like Black Wall Street and but but again Wait, here's so you're crazy. accepted and you still don't know about Tulsa? Like- yeah, yeah. Like I was I was clueless about Tulsa. So 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 right before we're getting ready to move, I'm researching. Yeah. And you know, it's a flyover state. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an oil and gas state. Like, you know, uh, I know the thunder play, you know, but <laughs> what else do I know? Like nothing. Yeah. So, so then I start to research that there's an ecosystem and there's like this movement to rebuild black wall street, to yeah. rebuild black wall street. And then what I find out once I get there that, yo, the story of Tulsa is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like it's crazy how there was yeah. like this, um, this massive movement to create black generational wealth over a hundred years ago. Yeah. And it was robbed from them. Not once, not twice, but three times. Yeah. This community was ravaged three times once in a massacre once in a uh, a freeway being built through their entire community like once once a wow. government takes property by eminent domain yep. like yo yeah go get out <laughs> yeah like right and they and then they rebuilt again and still more taken from them 
So I was just like learning this, this repetition of pain. And then, and then when you, when you talk to the locals and you don't get the sugar coated story, what you, what you really see is a community that is struggling with hope. Yeah. They don't have hope. They feel yeah. left out of all the glitz and the glamour of, of what other cities are going through. And, and then they start to feel used where, where other organizations come mm. in to tell their story and interview people and then leave. Yeah. And so, so, so again, it, it almost feels like, it almost feels like a, like a, a modern day version of Auschwitz or something where it's just like, yeah. it's a tourist attraction. It's like, right. let's go see where a bunch of people died and take photos and then leave. So, wow. so, uh, there's like this residue mm -hmm. of, 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 um, of heartbreak. And, you know, um, the, the I mean, I, I met it, I met a, a gentleman in his eighties and he just felt like, again, there was just no hope. There's no hope wow. for the future. And I'm over here, like building a black tech company. I'm like, dang, you know, like yeah. what, what can we do now? Now what, what they, what they, what the, the, the brain brainy people of, of Tulsa are doing, you know, is they're, they're, they're banding together to build a black tech ecosystem to yeah. bring tech and tech jobs. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I get it. I can be part of this movement. I, I can go from this region where I'm underappreciated and overlooked and bring my solution not only as a as a as a working product to your yeah. community but also as you know hire yeah and build and do things okay you know spend money too in the community hiring local businesses so right. i was like okay you know what i want to get on this and you know i mean again shout out to trey baker for uh leading the as the managing director to really inspire us and you know challenge us to build the best businesses that we can so that we can hire people wow that's that's incredible like what with that you know looking at it today you know what is tulsa like being there now what does that mean to you so being in tulsa means to me that um i'm and 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 I'll, I'll say this out loud. I I actually haven't said this out loud. Yeah. I have uh, a a natural connection to the people up from Black Wall Street that yeah. were that were specifically in housing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Black Wall Street um, has um, just this legacy of entrepreneurs and I, I mean i'm talking like you know creating theaters but also creating hotels yeah. and um and housing workers uh yeah. and uh one of the things that again like i just find myself being is in that in this housing business through tech though it's yeah tech and i'm like okay you know what uh 
if if I can be like this next generation of dreamer that that puts Tulsa on the map for tech innovation, uh, you know, thinking yeah. differently, doing things differently, and then scale this up company to become like the next black unicorn. Yeah. Uh, what is it going to do for the Tulsa community? It's right. it's going to create a lot of jobs. People are going to want to move to Tulsa. People are going to yeah. want to rebuild and and grow and do things to the next level. But it took it took the execution still to make that happen. It's not right. like everything is handed to you. You don't get to Tulsa and there's just bags of money laying around, right? Yeah. Like you still have to pitch, sell, produce educate execute you know like i mean multiple hats we talk about this all the time in building yep. business they're wearing multiple hats so yeah. for three months i was hustling yo i met with the ceo of the local bank regent bank shout out to to sean copeland uh yeah. and, and and peter mullen and the bank wanted our business the bank, the CEO came to us and said, oh, wow. I want your business. I want yeah. to help you with your loans, your credit. We're going to help you yeah. build your credit. We're going to help you do this. Well, yo, that's like, incredible. coming from yeah. Reno, I could yeah. even, I could barely meet with the yeah. branch manager, <laughs> yeah. let alone the CEO of the bank. So now the CEO the of the community's bank is on my cell phone. I can call up Sean yeah. Cook and be like, Sean, yo, like I'm going to be in town. Or let, let's go play golf or let's go hang out and have lunch. Yeah. You know, let's go. <laughs> That's incredible. Like the community is rallied behind y'all as well. Right. That's right. awesome. Um, so final couple questions. You know, what is what does 2023 look like for you? Um, and then like, you know, how are you gonna get there? I guess is, is follow through. Ah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right. So yo, our growth is nasty, yo. I mean, like, we're we're not the average startup. We we're experiencing six series a growth at an yeah. early stage um that's incredible uh when, when we built work bnb we did not know that the u.s government was going to pass a 1.3 trillion dollar infrastructure investment act which yeah. was going to basically cause 12 million construction workers to travel over the next 10 years oh my uh, god so, so those <laughs> i didn't know that i mean like yeah. I, was, I was just building out the wireframes and all of a sudden i'm looking at the news and i'm like democrats and republicans pass 1.3 trillion dollars and i was like wait what and <laughs> I, I was like wait a minute that gives us a 10-year runway on this vertical yeah. 10 years 10 yeah. years i was like oh my god and and that's that's what happened uh, that was the same reaction when when I told my TechStars mentors. They were like, oh my God, like you don't have a demand gen problem. You have a speed to market problem. Yeah. You have to, you have to be in every market as fast as possible. Yeah. And I was like, oh snap. So so we went into <laughs> like this this master like mind of a of a go-to market strategy meeting. Well, yeah. that's where again the tech stars magic comes in. Peter Mullen and and uh, Carrington Carter and all these mentors start analyzing my business model, my revenue model, my go to market, so that there's no holes. And it's like go, go, go. So, so we, you know, we 
we launched the 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 ad uh the default ad right yeah we, incredible uh, ad i'm gonna link it down below for everyone who yes, hasn't seen it <laughs> right because we you know to get those bookings we have to have properties yeah. so that ad was for people to realize okay there's a platform that houses traveling workers and i get paid by a company yeah. and i get and i get longer stays okay i'll sign up so so we have properties signing up all over the united states every wow. single day and but but again it's just not fast enough like yeah so so then i'm raising money right now to pour into more marketing more advertising more uh channel partners to again get this like a map because because i've already done the math yeah goal or current trajectory is 500,000 properties on the platform by the end of this year. Okay. Wow. We yeah. will still be at a deficit for two years. We will not have enough properties. There's too wow. many projects. So, so unless there's like some mega miracle where it's like, I go viral, like overnight <laughs> and, and a million properties get on the platform. Even then I will still be at a deficit because wow. these workers are traveling for the next 10 years and i'll give yeah. you an example of a mega project going on in nevada right now i'm actually yeah. in vegas for this project okay um uh this has been talked for like the last 10 years but it's finally breaking ground this year the high speed rail project between la yep. and las vegas is breaking i just read an article about it yesterday yeah right so thousands of construction workers are going to be on that project. There's $18 billion worth of construction on the books here in Vegas alone. Yeah. Um, so I'm chasing the bag. And 100%. See, so, so, so I'm, I'm like one step to the next step. One, one booking after another, after another, till we get to 10 million ARR, which is annual reoccurring revenue. Once I can get to 10 million ARR, our valuation will go up again. And that's where the big dollars will start to want to write yep. checks because they're going to be like, listen, he's at 10 million ARR. Their team is small. Yeah. They, they need to scale. We need to give them a check for like 50 million. Yeah. <laughs> for real. So, so I'm, I'm just doing all the right moves to where it's like, I set the terms on what checks I accept and yeah. I'm not begging anybody. I mean, I've been in, in due diligence with a VC since October and everybody's yeah. like, why haven't you followed up? I'm like, he needs to follow up with me. <laughs> yeah. You're building the company. <laughs> one way or, yeah, one yeah, way or like, yeah. Because this train will pass Yeah, and people will like, I'm there's a, there's a very famous guy in business named Gary V. I'm sure you've heard of Gary. Yeah. V. Gary Vanderchuk. Yep. Yeah. And he talks about how he regrets not investing in Uber the first time that he had the chance yep and it was because he didn't realize what they sell yeah and it was two years later that he decided to pull the chip put to 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 pull the the trigger to to invest at a much higher valuation which he's kicking himself to this day by the way like he talks yeah. about the story all the time but the reason is because he didn't realize that uber sells time and yeah. that's what Workbnb does. We sell time. We yeah. killed the search bar. We give companies the ability to select 
multiple properties and drop them into a shopping cart. And for the first time in booking history, you can purchase all of these properties at one time. Yes. Saving time. And when you can save businesses time, you know this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Time is the most important That's commodity. That's the billion dollar is idea. To businesses, yep. Right? Yep. So again, like investors that know that we sell time, they're investing at my high valuation. Yeah. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. And my final question for you, um, you know, what advice do you have for prospective entrepreneurs for the the young black or brown kid in Sacramento or St. Louis where I'm from or Chicago mm. or Reno or, or Oklahoma City or Tulsa? Right. What, what's what's your first advice? Thing, first thing, be yourself. Yeah. Stop. Stop with the code switching. Just yeah. stop. Just stop. Like be yourself. Yeah. That's like, incredible. You know, you want to wear a chain, wear a chain. Yeah. You want to wear glasses, wear glasses. You know, yeah. you want to dye your hair, you know, <laughs> you want to. Yeah. I love you know, that. Like, be yourself. Number one, just be yourself. It, it's yeah. time to stop trying to be like everybody else because, yo, that shit is exhausting. And yeah. you're going to need all that energy to build this damn company of yours. Wow. So just. Wow. Stop. That's incredible. Be yourself, yeah. Go after it. The next thing is like plug into a tech ecosystem that is going to give a shit about you because yeah. you need people to share your stories. If you get published, you need people to share you. Yes, um, sir. You know, I'm I'm plugged into what we call the Tulsa 12. These are the first uh, black yeah. all CEO cohort in tech stars history. And, I love that. And That's you know, we made our own sweaters. This is our swag. Yeah. <laughs> we go out and wear our. I'm going to a meeting wearing this. Uh, if y'all are you selling know? them, let me know. I would love to buy one. Like <laughs> I would. De we'll definitely hook you up with one because you know sure, we're trying sure. to get the brand out. But you know, yes, sir. The, it's like. You know, brand yourself, you yeah. know, think about like your persona, how you're going to come across, you, you, you're going to win some and lose some anyway, yeah. like not everybody's going to say yes. So you might as well get people who enjoy who you are and want to, and want to back you for who you are. So, yeah. so, uh, I find that to be important. And then lastly, yo, get your pitch down. Get your pitch down. Yeah. Get the pitch down. Stop over explaining. You don't need to be able to pitch in 10,000 words and tell how, you know, <laughs> like I get it's hard. I get it. Yeah. But you need to be able to pitch at any given moment, any given moment. Yeah. Uh, I was on a plane um, coming home from a trip on the East Coast. And um, I'm sitting in first class, hanging out, you know, enjoying my little ride, eating my, you know, snacks. <laughs> and I'm sitting next to somebody who's yeah. actually somebody. Yeah. And we get into a little chit chat about, you know, why am I going to Vegas and why he's going to Vegas. The next thing I know, he's like the head of some real estate organization. Wow. And he's like, hey, I love what you're building. I'm going to make a personal introduction. He got on his laptop right there and emailed the head of a fund called Second City what? Ventures that is yes. in partnership 
with the National Association of Realtors. <laughs> and he's like, yo, this would be His second city, up. is that in Chicago? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, that's incredible, yeah. yeah. Second City Ventures, yeah. Yeah. So, so we're being considered for their next accelerator program. Oh my God, that's all amazing. All because I know how to pitch. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yo, so, I mean, the doors will fling open the better you get the sharper you get the more that yeah. you get into this you don't have to know how to code yeah that's that's amazing um yeah first off like it's thank you again for for taking the time for the podcast today um you yeah it's it's incredible like it's it's clear that you know god is even doing some work to to orchestrate your path like every step of the way like this this blessed me um so so thank you for that and i'm sure it's been amazing for everybody who's been listening today um where can people find you where can people get connected with you um yeah absolutely absolutely real quick all right so i am on like everything i'm on (laughs) i'm on twitter uh work bnb ceo is my handle okay uh is work bnb prez we have work BNB uh, success, work BNB creative. I mean, like, just look up the work BNB handles. Uh, work BNB right. app is our handle on like Twitter, Instagram. Okay. Uh, now, my content varies. Like, if you want to see yeah. and know me for who I am, more like Yves Hangout Yves or Yves yeah. Adventure Yves, <laughs> you know, check me out definitely on Instagram because, you know, I keep it kind of like, I keep it kind of gritty on Instagram. Like that's where I'm on my grind, where I'm sharing like a lot more insight, but Twitter, you know, uh, and then LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, just look us up work BNB for sure. Uh, now LinkedIn is my superpower though. That's where I get really (laughs) into my bag because I'm a content writer and I write my own articles. Like I don't subscribe to chat GBT, nothing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, I am not a chat GDT fan. I I do not I do not believe in being lazy in a recession. Yeah. Like I'm like, no, you need to write yeah. your own thoughts, your own authentic articles. So yeah. so that's what I do. I write my own posts. Um workbnbapp.com is the website. That's where you can sign up your properties. That's where if you know of any work traveling workers, you can send the companies to there uh to sign up. But yeah, I mean we're going to blink and it's going to be summertime, right? Yeah. And when we blink and we're at summer, the apps are going to be on the app store. And when that All happens, right. yo, like it's going to be on and cracking. And, you know, yes, sir. I'm, I'm on a mission to build the next big household name. Okay. Yeah. It will be You're well on your way. everywhere. And when we get to that point and we're on our way to IPO, we're doing bookings overseas in Canada and Australia and this and that, all that type of stuff. Like, I would definitely love to come back on the show to report back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We need to have you back. We need to have you back. Forms the culture. Hey. Yes, sir. Forms the culture. Stand up. (laughs) Well, yeah. Thank you all so much for tuning into the podcast. Um, Thank you, Yves, again. Um, I can't say that enough. Um, And we'll see you all in the next episode. All right.